This is the Tribune Audio Network. Buzzers and flashing lights reveal you're doing something right in a world of cowboys or space aliens. But serious pinball players like Roger Sharp seek to understand angles and obstacles to harness the chaos and push the score higher. It's based on skill. There's geometry involved. That was the part that became compelling for me, and I wound up becoming a very, very, very good player. Probably one of the best in the world. This is the Backstory Podcast. I'm Larry Potash. On this episode, how the pinball wizard saved the game by proving it takes skill to win. In an age when pinball was outlawed, he was tasked with showing it's more than a game of chance, and it all came down to one shot. Let's get into the backstory. Roger Sharp is an aspiring journalist and asks a trade magazine in New York for a job. He's asked to write an article on pinball in 1975, but can't find any books about it. So he does his own research and writes one. He becomes hooked on his new hobby. There was something that absorbed me because each word unique not just thematically, but just the design and, and some of the inner workings of a play field and, and where people had put different uh, targets. It just sang to me. He rises through the ranks of the magazine to editor when he transforms it from trade magazine to cultural icon. That magazine, GQ. And yet, his legacy is Pinball Wizard. I used to say man versus machine, but it really is man with machine. If you can get a sense of the rhythm, if you can watch the spin on a ball and how the light hits it, and you can anticipate those things, suddenly you become one with the game. For a game in which timing is crucial, the game itself hasn't had great timing. Pinball emerges during the Depression. I think that there was an outcry because people thought that children's lunch money was being used on that rather than paying for lunch. And the games are everywhere, and oh my god, it's terrible. There are a few concerns. Early games are more a game of chance. It's a cash business with connections to criminal organizations. Around the country, investigators like Elliot Ness crack down on illegal pinball machines. And then, World War II. The easiest way to eliminate pinball was 1941. It's the war. Who is the largest user of copper wiring and such? The pinball industry. Pinball companies start making parachute harnesses and other things to support the war effort. Even after the war ends, nobody thinks to get rid of the restrictions. But the pinball industry pushes government to do just that. In 1976, they ask Roger Sharp to demonstrate pinball is not a game of chance, but a game of skill. They set up pinball machines right there in New York's City Hall. So I'm doing all of these things, and they're kind of all standing around watching. I think the repetitive nature of what I was doing didn't really hit home. Sharp needs something more dramatic to convince the politicians. And he has to pull the plunger just right. I have to be skillful enough to land each of my five balls down those lanes. If I do this totally right, it's gonna go right down the center lane. Pulled it back, it went up in an arc, came down and straight down the middle, and it was just like, all right, that's enough. And it's like, wait, I'm still playing. 
The fact that I, in quotes, I called my shot, although it wasn't a shot, it was a plunger pull. So you, not only did you call your shot and hit your shot, but you did it on the biggest stage. Yeah, I did. Congratulations. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> the ban is overturned in New York and then Chicago. But as Roger Sharp celebrates his shot, more bad timing. An invasion that will give pinball another setback. 1978, Space Invaders is the first blockbuster video game. Pinball machines become extinct in 80s arcades. But purists realize while pinball may look old school, it's actually more challenging. No game plays the same twice, and just when you think you've mastered it, guess what? It's going to humble you. And I think that there's a beauty to it. Sharp has 25 pinball games in his living room and basement in Arlington Heights. He designed Sharpshooter in 1979. Compare that to the oldest game in his basement arcade. 1871, Montague Redgrave out of Cincinnati, Ohio, the first game ever. Pinball companies began in Chicago during the 1920s. To see the state of the game today, I visited the Stern Pinball Factory, which employs more than 350 people. You can measure the rainbow of electric wire in miles. They sell machines to arcade bars or barcades in Chicago and all over the world. There are tournaments every day. Sam Stern is the CEO of Stern Pinball in Elk Grove Village. He says computers are complex, but a silver ball is wild. There's skill involved. It's not like playing a video game where everything's programmed. A good pinball machine should be easy to learn, hard to master. In both cases, these games should be fun. You know, it's, it's, nobody wants to do math. They want to play a game and have fun. It's a ball and bat game. Baseball's still here. Tennis is still here. Golf is still here. None of those are going anywhere, and neither are we. It's a choreography of bats, balls, and buttons and knowing each game's objective. And each new game presents a learning curve for even the greatest pinball wizard. Or I can drain out like that. Boy, you were out in a heartbeat. Let, we'll edit that out. No, 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 it's okay. Please leave it in. I, I don't want people to think that, you know, <laughs> as an old person, I still have it. If you'd like to see Inside the Stern Factory or watch the pinball wizard recreate his historic shot, check out the story online at wgntv.com backstory. And if you enjoyed this episode, please take a second to share it with a friend or leave a review. Thanks for listening. This has been a production of the Tribune Audio Network.